Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ, right there! Going up over Bell, Paul away! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here in the 2023 NBA playoffs, the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat. This was Game 5 finishing, and the Boston Celtics season is still alive. But before we get into all of that, you already know the drill. Make sure to subscribe at Dime Dropper on YouTube. Hit the notification bell for all things NBA, NBA history, LA sports, especially LA basketball. And obviously you can find this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You already know the drill in terms of social media. You can see in the bottom line if you're watching on the YouTube. So follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Shout out to everybody tonight in the live. It was a much quieter night the other night. My Laker fans are checked out, it seems. Clipper fans are still kind of mourning. So... I'm kind of a little bit worried, I'm not going to lie, guys, about the finals views. I hope since it's the finals, everybody comes through. But the last episode for the Celtics Heat, man, let me check where my video's at. Cause it was, I think it was my first post-game live this uh, playoffs that was under 200 views. Now, obviously, I know that's going to change. Yeah, it's at 171 right now. So that's uh, not great for us this uh, this playoffs. But hopefully, you know, people start watching it. But. Let's talk about tonight's game, right? Live from Los Angeles, as always. Shout out to everybody. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. By the way, for the people on Twitter watching right now, I see there are seven people watching on Twitter. Uh, you need to redirect yourself to the YouTube because that's where I make my money. So I'm going to delete that uh, Twitter post right now. It's probably going to end right underneath the tweet that you're on. There'll be a link to the video. Please join that link because Twitter, yeah, it doesn't really do much for me. You know, so hit that shit. All right, let's get into it. So the Celtics, winner go home situation. We all know the deal. And I predicted them to win this game. I've been saying, I think, after they were up, after the Celtics won game four, I said the Celtics are going to win game five. If you listen to the last episode, and I think they're going to lose game six. But here's the thing. The most powerful thing in sports is momentum. And right now the Boston Celtics have some in their favor. And this game was a complete beatdown. And I knew this game was over within the first five minutes. Listen, we can talk all about Joe Mazzula all we want. But it's all about the players, mainly the stars. The first three games, the better duo was Miami's. The last two games, the better duo was the Jays. And the results are as, as, you know, according. Three to two. So, first and foremost, before we even look at a coach, and yeah, he's not as good as Udoka. I'm pretty confident in that statement. But his team is better this year. His players just came off a finals loss. This is, this is what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be playing like this. This is the way we thought the series was going to go. Not to necessarily they'd kill the heat every game, but we thought it was going to be 
not the Celtics down 3 nothing. that's for sure. Super Chat comes in from X3. Thank you so much for the Super Chat. Anything is appreciated. He says, told you guys last game, Jimmy is tired. How can you tell? Shots are hitting the front of the rim. Legs are shot. Well, here's the thing, X3. All he needs to do is get those legs back for one more game, and that's all that matters. And he's in this in the finals for the first time in his career with fans. But when I knew the Celtics were going to win this game in the first five minutes, when I saw Marcus Smart dive to the floor on the first possession. And right off of that, Jason Tatum got out in transition and hit a layup. And the Celtics ball pressure. They didn't make any adjustment. That's why I said, Missoula, we can talk about him all we want. They didn't make any adjustment. They were still switching basically everything. But the defensive ball pressure from the Celtics, the effort level, the level of desperation, we hadn't seen them start a game like that this entire series. That was on some, we're going home tonight shit, you know? Some, and we didn't see that in game four in the first half. That was being fired up by the home crowd too. Shout out to the Celtics fans. That was a rocking atmosphere. And I really hope for the Miami Heat, you listened to that. You felt that tonight. You don't want to be seeing that in a Game 7. I can promise you that. I talk about Game 7s in Boston all the time. You do not want to be in a Game 7 in Boston. It is very, very hard to win. I've seen two teams do it in my life, 9 Magic and LeBron in 2018. And let me tell you something. That 2018 team was young, and they didn't have much star power. Jason Tatum was their best player, and he was a rookie. And they literally, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, missed open three after open three throughout the game. So despite LeBron's masterclass and him playing every second, it was one of the best playoff performances, in my opinion, in a Game 7 that I've ever seen. Honestly, you can take away the Game 7. Even though LeBron has so many other better playoff games, it was just the weight he had to carry and just how he kind of controlled the pace of that game, which impressed me so much. And then he closed, and he, he did it on both ends. So... That and then the 9 Magic, but Garnett was injured. So, and they, they kind of took the life out of the building early. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are healthy. or as health, I mean, look, nobody's fully healthy in the playoffs. But Jay, like Jalen Brown, we were talking about, is he struggling with an arm injury when he had that awkward landing early in the series? But he's looked, I mean, he looked good today. He looked good today, so I don't want to make any excuses. Speaking of injuries, though, Malcolm Brogdon apparently tore something in his elbow and let me check how many minutes he played tonight because he didn't look the same. His shot hasn't been the same. Um, he played just eight minutes tonight in Game 5. So not much Malcolm Brogdon. It really was a seven-man rotation, really, with the Time Lord and Grant Williams. But Peyton Pritchard did play five minutes because Brogdon couldn't play as much, but... Basically, all the real rotation players tonight played 18-plus minutes. Malcolm Brogdon was 0 for 2, so 1 for 7 in the last two games for Brogdon. That might be something to look forward to, um, not look forward to, look to look at going forward is the health of Malcolm Brogdon. And I should mention, speaking of injuries, while we're on the topic, Gabe Vincent did not play tonight. We talked about that ankle injury. Would it affect him? What would happen? He did not play, and oh boy, the Heat missed him. They started Kyle Lowry instead, and the Heat were just sloppy with the ball from the jump. They turned the ball over 16 times in the game tonight, and we've talked about all series. 
Pace is very important in this series. If the Heat turn the ball over and let it become an up-and-down game, the athletes and youth of the Celtics will take over. They want to make it a half-court game because the Celtics tend to play clunky, take turns, isolation, half-court offense with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum taking turns doing high pick-and-roll or isolating at the top. The Heat get more ball movement, they play off the pass more than the bounce, and they more often make you defend both sides of the half-court than the Boston Celtics do. So... Boston wants to get out and run. They had 27 points on the 16 Miami Heat turnovers. And as I said, the onslaught started from the jump. Jalen Brown knocking down shots. The ball was zipping in the half court. Quick extra passes. Al Horford, Marcus Smart hitting two corner threes. Derek White was just everywhere. And as I said, they didn't make much of it a defensive adjustment. It was just better ball pressure. A big difference not going for Jimmy Butler's pump fakes. Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in the league at utilizing pump fakes. I talk about that, in my opinion, that's a skill that is very underutilized in today's game is the pump fake. Simple, fundamental things. And something you see in the past or European players do more. Jokic, Doncic, they get these guys on these things. They use people's athleticism against them. And Jimmy Butler does absolutely the same. But you see tonight... When you stay down, how much tougher it becomes for him. Jimmy Butler exposes how undisciplined defenders are in today's game with that. Because so many guys are shooters, so you just, you know, you want to jump and contest the shot. But traditionally, as I read in Willis Reed's book, you were taught to stay down and jump shooter and just put a good hand up. And if he makes it, he makes it. But of course, you are susceptible to somebody elevating over you and getting a cleaner look if you do not jump. But... On Jimmy Butler, you want to live with that. You want to stay down, maybe jump a little bit at the last second, just go on your tiptoes and contest because he will get you in the air. He will foul you. If he makes a contested jumper over you, fine. And in this game, he was not hitting. The Heat were not hitting. And the Celtics were in the beginning. And when the crowd was roaring like that, it just felt like one of those games. And I've been to these kind of games. And I haven't been to a game at TD Garden in the playoffs, which is a different level of atmosphere. But I've been in those kind of games, playoff games, where you just feel as a member of the crowd that you aren't going to let the team lose. Like you are just going to push them. And they just make momentum play after momentum play to get you to push them even more. And with Paul Pierce sitting there courtside, you know, it's funny that I I saw Paul Pierce uh, on TV tonight because I remember watching that sit-down earlier this year with, and you should go check it out if you're a basketball fan, in my opinion, Garnett, Paul Pierce, the Jays, and Marcus Smart just kind of talking about the team, the lineage, you know, that they're the most recent, you know, great Celtics team. And then now it's these guys. No offense to the Isaiah Thomas iteration, but... They were talking about, Paul Pierce was saying, saying KG, we got to come out to the games more, you know, because I used to love when Russell, Havlicek, Heinsohn, they'd always be at the games. It gave me that extra push. And Tatum and Jalen were like, yeah, man, we love to see y'all come out. Like, you know, it kind of reminds us what we're playing for, you know, not just the fans, but for the greats that came before us. That's a big thing, man. Celtic culture, Celtic pride. And I, I you know, me, Celtics fans, Charles Barkley, so many people came out and said the... Celtics in the beginning of the series are not playing with that level of Celtic pride. You know, Charles when Charles Barkley and Magic Johnson are speaking so highly about the Celtic name and what it means to play for that organization and they don't even they had never played for Boston. They just played against them. They know what kind of players played for that franchise. They know what that, you know, the Red Auerbach motto and what it was all about, what Celtic pride really means. And when they see players kind of get destroyed like that and show no heart, they speak on it, and they should. 
This is not just an organization with no expectations. This is the Boston Celtics. And Boston sports fans are not easy on their players, but they are loyal. And you have seen a response from an effort perspective. There's no crazy adjustment. They're there's giving up the same switches. It's just Tatum and Brown being more aggressive, mainly Tatum, going to the basket, not shooting as many threes. And that big run he made, he basically single-handedly turned the momentum in the last game. That could have just saved their season and been the start of history. Because Jason Tatum, they were down by six points. He hit those two threes last game in the third quarter. And then after that, he took over the third. And they let never look back after that. Tonight, you saw this was at home. They came out and hit him in the mouth. But they have life now because of game four. And now that belief is growing. All they know is this is it, game six. They win this next game. It's looking like history. Game seven in Boston. At that point, the momentum is so crazy, and they're the better team. You know, here's the thing about this 3-0 thing, guys. It has never been a game seven at home. I'm sorry. It has never been the higher seed hosting a game seven that has won when the team has been down 3-0. Every single time that a team was down 3-0, it was the lower seed, and they came back and tied it. So that higher seed had the game seven at home. This would be the first time where a team was down 3 nothing, but they were the higher seed. So they'll host game seven after coming back from 3 nothing down. That might be what we need to get that first 3 nothing comeback. Because here's the thing. If you're a team that's the lower seed and down 3 nothing, and you tie the series, the better team, the higher seed would have to lose four games in a row and lose a game seven at home. That's very unlikely. So that's what happened in 2003 when the Mavericks played against the Portland Trailblazers. And mind you, that was before my time. As I said, I was only four years old going on five a couple months after. So I've seen a couple teams take it from 3-0 to 3-2. The Orlando Magic in 2010 against the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics in 2013, Pearson Garnett's last year against the New York Knicks with Carmelo Anthony. But again, both of these teams were the lower seed. And then last year, actually the Magic weren't, but they couldn't win that game six. And I never felt like the Celtics were going to lose. That team was too mentally tough to lose four games in a row. And then, or even three games in a row. And then you had last year, the Toronto Raptors against the Philadelphia 76ers. So I've seen teams take it to game six, but never game seven, which shows that this game six coming up is going to be for all the marbles. This one will decide the series. And look, if you're the Miami Heat, in my opinion, if you lose three games, this doesn't just apply to the Heat in any playoff series for any team. If you lose three games in a row in a series, then you probably don't deserve to win. Who's going to be the one to lose three games in a row and make and, and pay for it? If the Heat lose three games in a row, that means both teams will have lost three games in a row. But the Heat losing the last three means they will probably lose four in a row. Make the Celtics pay for losing three games in a row in the beginning of the series and handle business at home and finish this thing. Finish it. But as I said, the Celtics went up 18-5 to and they never really looked back. I don't even remember the Heat getting it within single digits. I could be wrong. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to check for you guys. Because they went up 18-5 to and they never looked back. They led by 15 after the first quarter. And one thing that was a welcome sign for the Celtics was Jalen Brown hitting shots. Him being aggressive, got a couple of steals, got on, ran, knocked down threes, open, contested. And that's the thing about the Celtics. Just know that there are a couple games where their three balls are hitting. And or the three balls are going to fall. And that's my one issue that's I've had an issue with the Celtics for five, six years now that they are too reluctant or too reliant on the three ball. And it's just, you know, live by the three, die by the three. But they have so much talent 
that in this series it might work out for them. But the thing is, it's not just the three ball. How do you get open threes? Dribble penetration. What really stood out to me in this game was Jason Tatum's aggression going to the basket. He turned the corner so well on those pick and rolls. A couple of times he put Lover Zeller in the pick and roll and rejected the screen and just hit the burst. And the Miami Heat's ball pressure was nowhere near the first couple of games. And Kyle Lowry, he by I think he needs to go back to the bench. They need Gabe Vincent back badly because Kyle Lowry starting was not it. And he's had a couple of bad shooting games in this series. He's had two bad games in a row, if we're being real. And he's had a really good postseason. He needs one great game. And if he starts next game, no excuses. you got to get it done. But at the end of the day, talking about Kyle Lowry is not really the main reason that the Heat lost. It's really you got to look at Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And really, Bam, I mean, he was pathetic tonight. One-on-one, -on -one, he was completely hesitant. There were times where Jimmy and, and, and Bam were just passing up solid mid-ranges, pump-faking extra, and just shooting even tougher shots. I mean, there was no offensive confidence tonight from Bam. He was getting locked up, and I got to give the Celtics individual defenders credit. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, but mainly Derek White, who just had an amazing game on both ends, guarded Jimmy well and was really disciplined tonight. By far, in my opinion, his best game in this series defensively against Jimmy Butler, and it was just an all-around beatdown. The Celtics stayed the course. I mean, they stayed up by double digits the entire second quarter, and they got the game to 60. They kept making their threes. Derek White, Marcus Smart, the Time Lord came in and had a couple of buckets. I mean, it was just an all-around beatdown. Duncan Robinson actually was one of the only Heat players that was having a decent game offensively. But besides that, the Heat kept them in check. Jimmy Butler, two not very good games in a row. At this point, the pressure is mounting on him and the Heat. He's the guy that needs to perform. He needs to have a great game six and finish this series. No excuses. None. Third quarter, Celtics again, basically keeping the game seventh within no less than a 16-point lead at any point of the of the third quarter. So, wow. you got to give credit to the Celtics for not really taking their foot off the gas. The Heat made a little bit of a mini run, like a 6-0 run, and they ended up losing by 13 points. But it was such a comfortable win for the Celtics. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum checked out with three minutes to go. The Celtics showed a lot of heart in these two games, man, keeping the series alive. And I, as I said, it starts with the best players, but... Look at this team stats tonight. The Heat actually shot 51% from the field, which is a little bit scary. 39% from three as well. So what if they don't shoot as well in game six? It's very possible. Celtics shooting worse than the Heat actually from the field, 50.6%. But they shot set, they made seven more threes and shot 16 of them. So that three ball game, they shot 41%, Heat 39. But in my opinion, they generated a lot more. And that's because of Tatum and Brown's aggression, the extra passes. It just looked like a totally different team. And it just shows that it's all mental. It's all mental. This is the Boston Celtics that I expect to see, that I thought were the best team in the league all season. Come on. You got to show some pride. And they did, but it just might be a little too late. Too little too late. But... We'll see. As I said, all you got to do is win one more game. They're talented enough to do it, even with with their, even without Brogdon. Free throw disparity, in nine in favor of Boston. They shot 14 for 19 from the line, so just 74%, which is not even that crazy. Heat, 8 for 10, 80%. And as I said, 27 points off of turnovers for the Boston Celtics. The Heat never even led tonight. 
Wow, wire to wire victory. Celtics led by as many as 24. Let's read the lines. Tonight for the Miami Heat, they played an eight-man rotation, and we actually saw a new player introduced, and that was Haywood Highsmith, who hasn't had rotation minutes really in this series. He was playing. And let's talk about Kevin Love, who played the least amount of minutes of any rotation player, just 14, 6.6 rebounds on three for seven shooting, and was struggling defensively in the pick and roll when he was put in it. Max Struess, 24 minutes. Not a good game for him. Three points on one of five shooting. So two games in a row. Max Struess not hitting the three. One for nine in his last two games from three. If you want to even go back to game four. I'm sorry, game three. He is eight for 23 from deep. So let's also. So that's Max Struess. Needs to play better. Needs to knock down his shots. Then there's Duncan Robinson, who played 28 minutes and was 7 for 10 from the field and 2 for 3 from deep. He was a leading scorer for the Heat tonight. 18 points, 4 rebounds, and get this, 9 assists and only 1 turnover. What uh, a solid game for Duncan Robinson in 28 minutes, but defensively not really good. He was actually a plus 7, though, funny enough. But I, I didn't watch the end of the game, the garbage time minutes. I'm not sure if he was in there. Cody Zeller, only 4 minutes. Wasn't very good. Caleb Martin, who's been amazing in this series, 32 minutes played for him, 14 points and five boards on five for 12 shooting and two for five from three. He just continues to be pretty consistent. I mean, it's just amazing the level that he's playing at in these in these playoffs. And then the starters, Kyle Lowry, 30 minutes played, five points, two rebounds, just one assist and four turnovers. It was a stinker for Lowry. Two for five from the field and just two three-point attempts. Made one of them in 30 minutes of play. Need better. Two bad games in a row for Kyle Lowry. And then you have the the stars. Bam Adebayo's stat line doesn't look that bad. 16 points, eight rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. But he turned the ball over six times. He was eight for 15 from the field, and he just didn't scare the defense at all. You need a much better performance from Bam. That's two games in a row that were just not good enough. Jimmy Butler, also not good enough. Only got 10 shots off. Lockdown, in my opinion. I don't care how efficient you were. Only 10 shots off. He didn't take certain shots because they didn't bite for pump fakes. He was a team worst, minus 24. 14 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals on 5 for 10 shooting, 0 for 2 from 3, and 4 for 6 on the line. Jimmy Butler, man, I'm looking at you. It starts with you, and then bam. They need, it's not, nothing to do with Spolstra. They, he needs to be better. He needs to play one last great game, and he's going to need some help. He's going to need Max Drews to make shots, Caleb Martin to keep playing like he's playing, maybe a little Duncan Robinson. If, if Gabe Vincent comes back, that would be huge, but you might not have Gabe Vincent, and I still don't think there's an excuse. you got to go out there and get 30-plus. No, If they're going to keep switching Derek White on you, well, you got to bust his ass, point blank. If your whole game is pump faking and going right, then maybe you're not the number one option on a championship team. Let's see it, though, Jimmy. I trust you. Let's talk about the Celtics. As I said, 51% and 41 from three. So, again, the Celtics knocking down the three ball makes all the difference, but it all starts with the dribble penetration. And 39 attempts is not too crazy for me, especially when you're making them. I think that's a solid amount. Time Lord played 18 minutes and was really solid. Six points, four rebounds in... 18 minutes, 3 for 3 from the field, and was a plus 10. Then there was Grant Williams, who didn't shoot very well. 6 points, 4 rebounds, 1 for 4 from the field, and 1 for 4 from deep. Uh, to be honest, I don't really remember um, how well he did. I wasn't the, 
I'm not going to lie. I wasn't watching the game in as much depth tonight. But all I really need to see was the first half in depth, and I can see how the game was going. And then, so as I said, Malcolm Brogdon didn't really play much. How about Al Horford? 29 minutes. He was everywhere, in my opinion. Six points, 11 rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block, no turnovers. He finally didn't make threes after, you know, he struggled in the beginning of the series, Made a couple, had a couple of games where he was knocking it down. 0 for 3 from deep in this one, but 3 for 4 from 2. 3 for 7 overall in 29 minutes of play. And then Marcus Smart. He has been really solid in these last two games. 7 for 12 from the field. Four for six from deep, five for six from the line, 23 points, three rebounds, two assists, and five steals. What a performance by Marcus Smart. Making the extra pass, playing great defense, doing all the hustle things that we expect from the guy, and knocking down the three ball. And when he's knocking down the three ball, uh uh-oh, one of the best role players in the league, in my opinion. So huge performances by Marcus Smart. And then Derek White, I mean, what a game for him on both ends of the floor. Knocking down the three, going to the basket, floaters. Just an amazing overall scoring output. 24 points. He got two steals as well. 8 for 11 from the field and 75% from three. 6 for 8 from downtown. That is nuts. And then the Jays. Jalen Brown finally had a good shooting game. 50% 50% from the field, 9 for 18, 3 for 5 from deep, didn't shoot a free throw, but we'll take a 50-60 game, 21 points, 3 steals to go along with that, and then Jason Tatum, elimination game Tatum, is elimination game Tatum going to strike again? Again, it's all about the stars, you're going to need the Jays to play well again, it's going to be hard to win a game like that without both the Jays playing well again, As, especially at least Jason Tatum, 21 points. Eight rebounds, 11 assists. He had some really nice passes in this game, JT. Almost a triple-double. Second straight double-double in the series for Jason Tatum. Actually, the third. But the other ones were with rebounds. This one was with assists. 21-8-11 and 11 on 8-for-16 shooting. His three ball has still not been good in this series. About 30% right now. 1-for-6 tonight. He was 33% heading into this game. So honestly, it might be under 30 now. And 4-for-6 in the line. So again, you want to see him make at least 5 out of 6 free throws. But nitpicking. 41 minutes played for JT. 37 for JB. So much heart being shown by the Celtics right now. You love to see it. But at the end of the day... One more game is all it comes down to. It really is the stars. It starts with them, them being aggressive, catching the ball on the elbow, mid-post. Jason Tatum's been doing a lot more of that these last two games. Keep catching the ball inside the arc. They cannot guard you. Who is the best player in this series? I think we're going to find out in game six. That's it for me tonight, guys. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. I must warn you, if game six is on... I believe it's on Saturday. I'm going to be out of town. So I won't be able to go live, which is going to suck. So, yeah, I'll be back on Monday. So if it goes to game seven, I'll be able to come back and recap game seven. Here's the thing. If it ends in game six, I'll be able to do a recap on game six on Monday and just react to the heat in the finals and release a preview um, later that week. But if the series ends, well, what would suck is the Celtics won game seven, then I can't react to it before game seven.
I'm sorry, Celtics won game six and I can't make a reaction before game seven. I might make like a YouTube short or maybe just straight up stream it on my phone. I might just have to do that, but I'll do something, I promise. But anyway, thanks so much for joining me. Let me know what you thought of the episode. Minute men, minute women, my Celtics fans, congratulations, you are still alive. Let me know what you thought of the episode if you listened. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chat to turn on if you want to jump a dollar or a dime. Peace.